0: Why do men go to church so much less than women do? And is there anything we can do about that? We discuss this and more with special guest, Jesse Dvojak, on this episode of, very anticipated episode of, at least for us, Overthinkers. Hello, Thinking People's Thinking People. Welcome to the Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, professional brother in Christ, And with me, as
1: always, is my meticulously manly co-host, David Clarkson, the actor, author, filmmaker, and um, begrudging attender of church. Like, I do (laughs) the right thing, and I know it's good, but I have, like, an emotional reaction sometimes going to church, although I have been going to church at a place that I I really have been loving lately, Um, and we'll get into more of that today. But yes, begrudgingly um, faithful attender of church.
0: Yes, we've had that conversation. So that's really, that's really good. uh, A good one. Um, And yes, with us today is a very special guest. He is a writer, filmmaker, podcast host, musician, and men's coach who's directed two feature films and worked on a ton of commercial projects for clients like Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, Vogue, and Disney. He is the host of the podcast, The Elemental Man, which works to help men experience real and authentic masculine development rooted in true spiritual connection and healing in relationships, starting with God. He is the joyful, the judicious, the jacked, Jesse Bourjac.
2: Jesse, welcome to the show. Wow, that is the best introduction I've ever received in my life. Um, I'm going to clip that, and that's going on something amazing. So, I appreciate that. Awesome. I'm glad to be here with you guys. I realized that I forgot to send Jesse's bio to Joseph,
1: and you did one even better than I wrote. <laughs> <Yeah. so.
2: laughs> Thank Yours you. was
1: good, Nathan. That was better. I just gotta, yeah. yeah, I totally <laughs> this is this is what I have to
0: put on my resumes now. It's like, I give great intros. Like, you have no idea. <sighs> uh, thank you. No, I, I, I appreciate that very much. Uh, but anyway, we're really excited to have you on um, because today we are discussing a topic we have wanted to talk about for so long, and we have literally been waiting for just the right guest. So we're very <laughs> excited um, because today we are discussing why is it that men don't go to church nearly as much as women do? So, um, but first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage more with their content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where
1: can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and they can send us all of their love and hate mail there. They can also go to our online private group on Facebook called The Overthinkers, where we have over 15,000 people just like you getting to great discussions about all the topics we talk about here. And again, uh, disclaimer, it's mostly memes. So just be prepared. <laughs> Very intellectual and cool memes. I mean, once you're there. Um, uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review and sharing with a friend. It really does help us so very much. Awesome. Okay, Jesse,
0: ready to get started? Absolutely. Let's go, Bush. Awesome. Uh, it, all right. There are more Christian women than there are Christian men. Nobody that I've talked to really denies this. For all the talk, and very fairly so, about how male-dominated church is, you go to any church and look around, and you will see that despite the fact that it's mostly men occupying the pulpits, it's overwhelmingly women occupying the pews. And the stats back this up. According to Pew Research, the vast majority of those in the U.S. who identify as atheist or agnostic are men. And even among Christians, there's a huge enthusiasm gap. 72% of Christian women, ver- this is 62% of Christian men say their faith is deeply important in their lives, and that 10 percent Uh, point percentage gap follows daily prayer reading and church attendance as well as willingness to volunteer for church activities even more the women and men who do go to church women are far more likely to be enthusiastic about their church activities some argue and this is reflected across uh, across the world as well um uh, what was it Uh, lost my notes okay some argue that this is because women are more naturally spiritual than men pointing to the globally women Uh, tend to either be more religious than men or equally religious to men, but not the other way around. Yeah, other people point out that with Christianity, this seems to be a relatively modern phenomenon. Even today, the gaps are smaller in other parts of the world. Um, Christianity appears to have attracted equal numbers of men and women throughout the world up until the 14th century, where Western medieval Baptists started to talk about concern that women were outnumbering men in church, a phenomenon that then exploded uh, during the Industrial Revolution. Even today, in Mormon and Greek Orthodox churches, men and women are basically equal attenders. So why did this change happen? Authors like David Murrow of Why Do Men Hate Going to Church and Leon Podols of The Church Impotent and Losing the Good Portion arguing that starting in the 14th century, churches in the West started appealing to women's spiritual preferences rather than men's, treating relationship between humans and God more as a person with their lover rather than a knight uh, with his king or son with his father. Critics of this view accuse the proponents of sexism for suggesting that men and women are that different in their spiritualities. And that if men have different spiritual preferences, it's only because they've been cultured that way by society. And the answer is to change their cultural preferences rather than uh, something going on in church. So Jesse, as a Christian man who has, you know, tried his use, his, his has, you know, had a relationship with God for a long time and been going to church for a long time but also seeking to use his platform to speak to Christian men. What reasons do you see that Christianity and certainly church don't seem to hold the same appeal to men as it does
2: to women? Um, That's great. I love, I love a lot of history you pulled up there. Um, I am going to speak mainly from experience (laughs) and as uh, um, someone who, who, did grow up in the church community. And I think for me, the reasons why, um, it, and this might just be, this might be kind of minimizing it to something or redu- reducing to something that it doesn't, you know, Dean's not more exploring, but it just doesn't work. Mm. And, um, men are looking for something that actually works. They're looking for real solutions and this does not work. And so mm. my experience was often, I have a problem. I'm trying to go about it the way that the people at church are telling me to go about it. It's not working. My marriage is failing. My own moral ethic is falling apart. What do I do? How do I fix this? And the, the council, the, the framework that I would be given for I'd say 20, 30 years lacked real results and solutions. And so what I have done is just try to find something that works in people's lives and maybe we've lost touch with or maybe just found different ways to engage with men and that actually produces results. Wow. This is, yeah, I, I love that you
1: decide to go the personal route because well, I, I think that's really important here. I think that, um, that, you know, we, we can rattle off stats and Joseph, so I'm so glad you brought that as an underpinning, uh, underpinning to this right. conversation, this base to stand on. But I think that what's really interesting here is we have three guys who are yeah, dedicated, we- Faith, who love their faith, um, but who have all, and I know this by talking to each of you who, who have all struggled with, um, the expression of that in, in, in modern society and just kind of the modern collection of, uh, church. And I think that it's valuable here that we talk about our, our experience and a little what you said, yeah. Jesse it didn't work, that there was something you were looking to go to church for. And I think that's a biblical reason. I think that, um. That we do things for things. We do things to achieve a certain result. And I'm not right. saying it's transactional. It's not like necessarily just going into the gym, but right. it should have an effect on your life. I yeah. think of the promise of church, the promise of Christianity, isn't just that it's nice or it's fun or it's even entertaining, but that by engaging with this faith, it changes you. It, it brings something to your life. And I, and I've he- heard what you just said reflected in a lot of men's experiences, I went to church. To have my life changed. I went to church to see something in my life uh, redeemed, healed, helped, supported, whatever it might be. and I gave it the old college try it. and I did it for years and I never saw any growth. I never saw any help. And in fact, very often what I went home with was feeling more alone. I felt more isolated and I felt more hopeless for the things that were going on in my life. And yeah. in the face of the church promising that it was a be, be a family, a support system, a guidance, and the, the reality is, I, I think that that faith and and religion, even organized religion, I was I was a curse word now, can do that. But the question yeah. here is, why is it not? And you know, I yeah. grew up in a couple different kind of traditions of church, and um, people who know my story might know that. But um, I'm a pastor's kid, um, so I, I've I've known God and had a relationship with Him since I was young, and. I was very lucky to be introduced to god by not sectarian or oppressive parents Mm -hmm. but loving parents who showed me the beauty of god in the relationship with him and so i was able to interact with that um, right right out right out of the gate i had a good and beautiful and holistic and artistic and and wonderful experience of god and then i grew up and started going to church that that was outside of my parents care and guidance Mm -hmm. and i found that that my experience at church didn't even um begin to resemble the beauty that I had experienced in my relationship of God. And it was something like you said, Jesse, that was kind of totally unuseful to me. And for a long time I actually felt broken. Like yeah, is there wrong with me? Because yeah. I go to these places and, and I'll just give my and this is not for everyone, this is my personal experience, but I remember my first real, you know, um the the church that I decided to go to outside of my family's um influence. And I, I liked it is where all the cool kids went, it's where they had the good music, you know, it's and I, I met some good friends there, but I always felt that I was doing it wrong or that I was an imposter. Ooh. The reason being is because there's such a huge emphasis on, on emotion. And I'm Ooh. not someone, I know this is funny coming from an actor who's supposed to have be able to tap into his emotion very easily, but I don't. And that's something um that I I would always struggle with because I would look around me in these worship services and there was this this high emotion that was being felt by most everyone around me. And as I look back, uh, the majority of it was, was, was women, it was girls at the time when I was younger. And, and, um but I felt this immense pressure. I need to feel something. I need to enter in the, this experience that everyone else is having around me. Um, but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't find myself there. in um, that emotional experience and I was told that if you had that emotional experience, that's the root from which everything <laughs> changes. It, I didn't find a whole lot of practical advice. I didn't find a whole lot of steps. I didn't find a whole lot of um. Even quote accountability. What I found, what I was told, is if you have an emotional experience here, it'll change everything. And I wasn't able to have that emotional experience. Mm. Um, that was a really frustrating thing. That for a long time I just didn't, um, I didn't know what to do with. Now, fast forward later, um, I still am dedicated to my faith. I still am dedicated to quote, and I say this loosely, but I say it. Organized religion, people who believe um and a and a beautiful creator god gathering to worship to confess to support i think it's a beautiful concept now to be honest i have not seen that lived out very well very often um mm-hmm. but it is something that i'm dedicated to and so i'm just now you know the pandemic really had a uh, i got used <laughs> to not going to church uh, as many people <laughs> know and so it was a real it was a real struggle for me when it was the pandemic was done and about six months to a year after the pandemic was done, I was like, oh, we we still shouldn't go to church. Right. Because I really didn't want to go back. And I, I found this kind of anxiety in me and I kind of investigated the anxiety. And it was because um, church was a place that very often and this wasn't about my faith. I still loved my faith. Churches. Yeah. Very often I felt that I was doing it wrong. Um, I wasn't uh, uh, connecting to the the emotion, the feeling that was there and um i wasn't made for church like the church was made for other people not me and so uh it was a big journey an emotional hurdle for me and a mental one to actually step back and do what you know i think is is a healthy thing and go and, and be with a body of uh of people um so I'll, I'll stop there and let joseph jump in but all i have to say is uh your experience jesse is um very similar to my experience and i'm curious right. to hear your experience joseph and kind of all this
0: yeah yeah so the, again i think the this is really fascinating because, again, a lot of I had a similar experience where, again, my both of my parents were ordained ministers, you know, they yeah. met in seminary, and so they're like, you know, Christian nerds and theology nerds. And, you yeah. know, I had like the two reasons, you know, that I'm a Christian, you know, today, there are two big, maybe three big reasons I'm a Christian today. The one is the experience of having two parents who were both huge lovers of Jesus and theology nerds sitting down at the dinner table with myself and my sister talking about theology and how it connects to like movies that we watched and things that we're experiencing. And the, the genuine passion they had for their relationship with God and how that think about him, imagining him fits with um, fits with the other worlds of imagination and intellect and, and that, that exists in the world um, was, was huge for me. Um, the other was of course, you know, reading uh, the, you know, reading and watching the C.S. Lewis, you know, Chronicles of Narnia books, where it's like you have these pictures of, here's what it looks like to be a hero underneath a king, the king of the universe, and kind of having that picture of of imagining that there's a king of the universe and you get to be a knight, you know, in his in his army in a spiritual sense. Um, and then, of course, you know, apologetics when I was a teenager, kind of being able to talk about, thinking about my faith in an intellectual way. Um, and those things I was really passionate about my faith, but going to, but where what I didn't enjoy is I didn't enjoy church and I didn't enjoy, you know, I didn't enjoy, um, uh, I enjoyed playing with my friends, you know, at church afterwards, but I didn't enjoy church. I didn't enjoy, you know, Christian book publishing, the Christian culture. I didn't enjoy Christian movies. I didn't, even though I love movies, I didn't, most of the stuff. And a lot of it, I did experience exactly what you guys talked about, which is that what they told me in church and in, the, in these books and these movies about what your relationship with God is supposed to look like. Um, didn't resonate with me and didn't um when they would give promises about what your life was supposed to look like if you followed the script didn't work for me and of course like you guys i felt like there was something wrong with me for that like why is it you know again like why is it that all these people are crying when they go out of church or they're into music like, yeah. and i'm not why is yeah. it that the message that is being preached on Sunday is reaching so many people and i'm not and it wasn't until I was like a, a young adult that somebody suggested that the problem might not be that you're not Christian enough. The problem might be that this is directed more towards, you know, um, the personality types of women rather than men. And that was kind of mm. a weird quest thing for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but once you s- I saw it, I couldn't unsee it, you know, yeah. because, you know, uh, uh, and you know, it's, it's. We have to be careful here, you know. Again, I'm I, because whenever we talk about sort of male female differences, you know, people you know get kind of confused about what we we're talking about. You know, there's there's two sides. People, the people who say, you know, that you know men and women are binary. It's like all men are this way and all women are this way. And then right. there's people who are like, you know, all personality differences between the sexes are culturally constructed. It's like no, the, the scientific research suggests that it's um, it's kind of like height, where it's yep. it's cross cultural and it's by bio- a lot of it's biological. But it's, you know, the average man is going to be taller than the average woman, but there's a lot of overlap. And so, but, so, given that aside, I found that there were a few things that were, like, that, about church, that didn't resonate with me personality-wise, that seemed to correlate with the men and women thing. It's like, one is, you know, again, uh, women tend to be more saying, like, their deepest need is to be loved. Whereas men tend to describe their deepest need is to be a hero in some way. And of course, mm. what church always preaches is your deepest need is to be loved and mm. Jesus loves you and that will solve your problems. And if you want to be a hero, that's actually a bad thing because you're trying to take the place of Jesus. Yeah. They'll often, again, like women tend to um, uh, want to something to resonate with them. Their feeling wise, even if it doesn't make sense, whereas men want it to make sense, even if it doesn't feel right, you know, and. Women tend to want to um, be loved just as they are, whereas men tend to be like, how do I get better? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and uh, also when it comes to building community, you know, and this is where there's a lot of scientific doubt on this. Women tend to build community by looking at each other's faces, yeah. expressing their deepest shames, you know, like the deepest negative emotions and still being loved and accepted. Whereas men tend to build relationships with, you know, uh, with um, uh, with looking at something else, side by side, looking at something else, either accomplishing a goal or talking about philosophy or some other thing. And the thing is, as I saw that, I was like, oh, these are all the things that are keeping me, oh, again, usually I like said the results oriented, you know, men always want to be like, is this working or not? Yeah. Um, yeah. And all these things, I was like, oh, all of these things are the reasons I'm not resonating with what's going on in church. And all of these things are what, you know, are, are, are what the scientific consensus and sociology is saying are part of my maleness. And so I was like, oh, maybe this is a problem with um, that's that's not that it, it's, it's a problem with the gender thing, not simply um, a problem with me not being Christian enough. Yeah. Now, um, I want to sort of ask you kind of like to unpack because we sort of it's like you talked yeah. about um, what was it that 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 It wasn't working for like they gave you a script for um, how to um, uh, for how to fix the problems in your life. And 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 you were coming in it like say, like the church promises and Jesus promises, I will heal, I will restore, I will sanctify, I will, you know, things like that. And that wasn't happening. So for you, like what was the script that you were were being given that it was saying that if you want these things to be fixed, this is how to do it. And um and and uh that was not working. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think I also want to um before I even jump into that, there's two things that one is I'm speaking very specifically to the men who are trying, who have like genuine, Mm -hmm. sincere effort. There's a lot of men who are lazy, who are make a lot of excuses. Yeah. They might try church, but they, you know, dip one toe in. Dip one. Out. I'm talking about like the people who are really, with all their sincere heart and soul, giving their best effort. As You yeah. said, Nathan, you're you're the best. The college try, so to speak. Um, and and these are the men who are hurting, and the we and I I see this happening because, um, this this isn't only a church problem, but the church does uh, it does say, hey, we have a solution. And mm. so what's going on here? Because this is a, this is a, a culturally a male thing. We know that, uh, the majority of suicides are male. Yeah. Um, and the, the most recent, uh, study I saw is a UK study that said, you know, th- there's kind of this common thing of like, well, men need to open up. They need to go to therapy more out of those 80% of men that were, uh, committed suicides, 64% of them were seeing a therapist. So oh, something ow. there isn't working either. So there's a, there's a broken model. a broken approach to how we are helping. And I'll say this too, you know, this is, it helps me to think about things a little bit, um, get kind of, uh, artistic, it's an art form, but like not only we're speaking to men here, but it can really be helpful to speak more in the energies of masculinity and sound men who have, you know, that masculine uh, energy and that source running through them. How does that respond? And we're we're going to have different degrees of that from one person yeah. to the next, a woman to the, to a man, even. So um, that kind of clarifies things for me. Of like when we're stepping into a church, there's a very feminine energy happening, yeah. Uh, and it's not a lot of uh, a masculine structure, which a masculine stra- craves structure um, it craves results, um, a masculine. Um, there, there is, there's a certain amount of accountability, uh, and, and with that, seeing, okay, can I clearly see how I'm measuring up with what I'm putting into this, um, and is this worth my time? And so, for me, you asked me that question. Um, it was, it was kind of the the same remote answers of, well, you know, one, your faith isn't true enough. You need to truly repent of your mm-hmm. sins. Um, it's yeah. not sincere enough. Like, get more mm. sincere. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll try. Um, I memorize these Bible verses, um, go to these groups, but and and I think that's really the the, the structure that I've I've seen so many places and so many churches that I've been to. I've, I've lived in a lot of places. It's just the groups were not um, really creating a source of that masculine energy that launched me into the version of myself I'm trying to create. The, the, the mm-hmm. part of me that is actually overcoming my own issues, actually is learning how to relate to people. And so I think there's a there's a block happening of like, like when we go to these groups and um, the masculine is like, doesn't want to sit there and just like talk about fluff and BS. We yep. want to get real. We want to be... Um, just very authentic, and get to kind of brass tacks. There's there's definitely an element of just of of emotional communication as well. So it's not we're not throwing that out at the out the door, but I'm just saying there's an element of like this is a structure where um, I would say so I throughout my life the structure was just not framed in any way to cultivate what that masculine nature that God made us to embody was, was really provided in any sense. And so as I finally kind of started stumbling into other things, I thought this is exactly what the church has needed. This is what I've always needed. And there are different ways to go about this, different modalities. Um, and the church often has like this resistance to just trying new things because you just, just read your Bible, just memorize these verses and go do the same thing. Just go yeah. do the same thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll go to you, Nathan, in a minute, but I just wanted to kind of say this because you really resonated with me. I I can't tell you how many times I was told, you know, if you just meditate on Jesus love for you, then you will naturally change into the kind of person that you're supposed to be. And I remember being like, I did that. I did that consistently and I never changed into the kind of person that I was supposed to be. It wasn't (laughs) until I started like Finding people that I admired who were there and mm-hmm. did it and they were able to describe to me, here's the step-by-step way that I did it. And then yeah. I was able to model that and say, copy what they did in order to do that, that I started to actually grow in that way. Um, and that wasn't the model that was there. Again, it's like, you know, you go to the small groups and it's like, nobody wants to discuss you know, either action steps or what's true. People want to discuss, how does this make me feel? And it's like, that's fine. But if we just end up staying in the same place and not going further. And it's interesting because um, th- this is what we call in Christianity. Like there's justification versus sanctification. Justification yeah. is where you're forgiven by God and accepted. And then sanctification is how do we grow? And it's interesting. I found that like one of the few churches that's actually equal to men and women is the Greek Orthodox Church, where they spend a lot more time on sanctification than mm. the Western Church does, and that the models for growth. So that's an
1: interesting aspect of this. Anyway, so you uh, go ahead, mm. to you Nathan. Yeah, I just want to say th- this is super interesting to me, and I, and I want to make it clear, yeah, um, that you know when I, when I think back to these churches and all these kind of churches that we're describing here, uh, especially the ones that are more oriented towards emotion and towards um. As you would say, uh, uh, Jesse, the the feminine um, energy—that's yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah, like, we're no. not—we need. You know, we need to get rid of. We need to get rid of all the stuff. No. You know, so <laughs> we, and I—I I just want to be clear. That's not what we're saying. We're saying it's not complete. You know, there's yeah. a beauty in creation that we see in Genesis, which is these multiple, as as you would say, Jesse, multiple energies combining to make this beautiful whole. There's the yin and the yang that we understand from the east you know, there's this idea of balance in life. Yeah. And if we believe in a creator, we believe that there's this balance that brings health in life. Yeah. You see within um, the scientific data on children's lives, uh, the children that seem to to fare the best in the world uh, or in their lives are the ones who have an equal balance of a father and a mother there to guide them. And even when that's not the ideal and that can't happen, um, very often there's this beautiful video of um, <clears throat> Uh, of a black man and he started a dojo for all the the little boys in his My neighborhood mother, he's great and it's amazing and he, and he wanted to, them to have a father figure in their life and so he filled that need and and helps them and and strengthens them and gives them an ideal and a picture of yeah. what they be. and so we're not saying you know we need to get rid of all these these lady churches <laughs> <laughs> and church where we go to church and we listen to you know romans while eating steak and that's what real church is what we what we long for is a beautifully um balanced and connective uh uh church that that takes both of these energies and combines them into a more beautiful thing because you know, yeah. we, we other side how this goes bad and this um we, we've seen the more patriarchal oppressive churches and they still exist you know there's um i hesitate to call it some jeans you gotta drop some so. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: Call out the Theo bros,
1: they <laughs> <laughs> I can look in the Theo bros on Twitter and you'd be like, oh, just guy churches aren't great either. But it's interesting if you look at the statistics, there are more men in these kinds of churches now. Um, but the problem is they're very oppressive. Um, they're very um, stringent. They're, I hate to say it, guys, uh, calling yourselves Theo bros, they're very theologically inaccurate, but that's aside from <laughs> they're not good either. They, they seem to be a place where there's a lot of um, oppression and anger and judgment. Yeah. So oh, what I think we're, we're advocating here, hoping for, what we'd love to see isn't a church where it's just guys in charge or just women in charge, but rather to see this combination of the beautiful energies that bring something that God created to bring whole. And so I'd say what we want to offer a little bit as um, we're given our experience and our thoughts is how to incorporate this yeah. maybe into what we already have. But you know, we we see throughout the 20th century, the shift, like you talk about, Joseph, that it started going, especially in the modern, I'd say, non-denominational church. Yeah. We see I don't know that this is as big of an issue in the Catholic and Greek Orthodox churches as you've referenced. Uh, uh, Catholic, it's pretty bad, but Greek Orthodox, no. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, but it is not bad everywhere. It, we haven't yeah. seen this slide everywhere. We have seen it greatly in what you know uh, the, the news people call the evangelical church, kind yeah. of the, the just the modern Christian church. And it orients towards one particular thing. And I think there's another element to this. Um, there's a few elements. Um, that we're talking about, we're not getting what we want and uh, we're what we need per se. Yep. And you, you touched on this. One of you touched on this, I can't remember who, but it was, um, you know, men desire a journey, men really? desire an adventure, and desire um, a, a a a quest to go on. And especially in the context context of themselves, but the, they don't want to hear you are perfect the way you are. Yeah, I'd be beneficial, and I think it is beneficial for some people, um, yep. but. Ultimately, what we desire is to become the best version. We watch superhero films. I, I was even noticing in the the uh, breakdown of, of men and women's entertainment very often that women leads in movies are ones who are relatable, and that's a beautiful cool. thing. Who are connective, and oh, I'm like this. And we see this actually this phenomenon happen on TikTok. Um, very often, if you want to become a popular um, uh, influencer in, in the in the woman's world, you have to be relatable and and. Yeah. And coming from a family that has a lot of women's authors, um, my sisters and mother have heard this many times. You need to be more relatable. You're oh, not relatable. Um, you know, you're you're telling people to go to standards they don't feel that they can. You need to be more relatable. Yep. So there's a high emphasis on relatability. But when you look at men's entertainment, and even as you look at like the TikTok and social media influencers, what are they? They are UFC fighters, they are billionaires, they are like handsome guys who are dating models. And I know that's a little silly. And I'm not saying this like a healthy thing, but you do get a peek inside um, a, a man's mind and see that they want to aspire to something. And so I think that what you talked about, Joseph, the difference between um, oh, the the, the church, uh, the theological words, um, yeah, oh, justification and sanctification. That's just, justification and sanctification. Both are beautiful and important yes. and important offers us. And guys, you might need to um, engage with that um, justification, uh, apart and, and, and look at yourself and say, I, I am enough. And I, and I do love yeah. myself. There is a deep heart of guys who want to go on an adventure, who want to see something they can work towards. And I think that's one of the things that the church is an offering right now. And we we're told a lot, um, you're loved, you're beautiful, you're great, you're awesome. But, um, not only do a lot of men not believe that and, uh, feel that that's not true. A lot of men actually want more, no, no, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Cause I want to be better. And so we look yeah. at like men's movies. Let's say, yeah, we look at impossibly ripped superheroes who are literally flying and throwing cars, defeating villains. That's entertaining to guys because we like that image, that kind of mythic um, personification of what we would dream about being—the ultimate man. And I think that they one of the it, one of the things that we we would we could see to bring men back in church is not just tell them the great as they are, but give them a vision for who they could become. And so yeah. that's something. I don't often feel or see in church and we'll get more of the nitty gritty. I know that's a little abstract. Um, but I do think that, uh, it's a concept that really resonates with men and and Jesse, like in your, um, in your coaching and your words and your podcast, what I hear you often do, which I really, really appreciate is you, you call men out and you, and you literally describe bad behavior. If you're doing this, that's going to hurt you. But here's, image of what you can become. Here's something to move towards. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I'm curious about your thoughts, um, both on this, about the, the adventure aspect, the moving towards something, the vision, um, and the sanctification versus justification, uh, kind of presence in church and what other aspects do you think might be, might be a really wonderful thing. I wouldn't even talk about it in a negative way. Might be keeping men out. Might be keeping yeah. men out. Be a wonderful thing to include in church that would draw men and make them feel engaged and, yeah. uh, like church is something they don't want to do,
2: yeah. And that, that sparks a little anecdote, and I th- I think I'm pretty cool sharing this. This is about my sister. It's what you shared about the Orthodox Church, because she, you know, she grew up uh, in the same culture as me, but she experienced it very differently as a woman. Yeah. Um, and so she had a lot of pain, and um, you know, rejection of the kind of patriarchal kind of model. A few years back, she ended up converting to Orthodoxy. And what wow. she actually found refreshing was how the men were showing up and serving and, mm. and providing that real leadership that she, and that was healing for her as a whole world that opened up to her. And, and so when I thank you, Nathan, for, for expressing that, I do try to communicate. It is not a competition. Like we, the masculine serves the feminine, the feminine, uh, it, it fuels the masculine. And when we are embodying those the best of those qualities, it really becomes a beautiful thing. There, there are qualities of the feminine that we we are ignorant of. we just lack. And so they can call us a lot of times back into our heart. There's a there's a, there's a certain like a sensory wisdom that a lot of women have <laughs> that they're a bit oblivious to. So the masculine is typically described as kind of the logic and order or the feminine is kind of a feeling and a flowing um, kind of space, and we need each other. and so, when a man is willing to be like, get a vision of of what he wants to be, uh, he wants that woman or he wants this like certain to, to embody certain qualities. He's actually, um, gonna be also embarking on a journey to, to not like win the princess and like this, this guy, I'm gonna go take you, but really to captivate her heart in a way that I, I have written about this a few times, but like Song of Solomon is in the Bible also, and there's a poem of this back and forth of this communion of people who are deeply in love with each other and connected with each other and how she responds to him and his responses to the feminine. And it's just really this beautiful interplay that we get to see modeled within the Bible. Um, I know a lot of Christians get really confused by that, that, uh, (laughs) that book, but... To me, it's just a really great way just to look at um, how a man can actually serve the feminine and, 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 and bring her own heart, bring her own qualities that she is yearning from uh, the masculine to do. And I think right now, I think there's a desire, a deep desire. I think women are missing the men and they've kind of just been wondering like, where are you? Or, like They might not even know it and we need to stop kind of looking to them to tell us what to do. Um, and start looking to each other and figuring out a better model to, to yeah. Manifest these best things, these traits, God made us for a specific reason. And, and again, it is not to dominate. It is not to yep. conquer. There's elements of, um, of doing that in a sense, like you're talking about like movies and stuff like that, that we want to, we want to look at the horizon. we want to go run in that direction. We want to climb that tree. And that's a, that's a great quality. Um, but it's not we also know Christ. So it's not at the expense of other people. it is yeah. to to connect and 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 deepen our lives together yeah that's
0: that's really cool. I think I mean, you've said a lot of really awesome things there. I think you make an excellent point like you know whenever I have conversations sort of like with women about this issue because you know I'll say you know uh, one thing I, I I am passionate about is I want to bring them back into church and and they'll immediately they'll all say yeah that's we want we want more men to be here and we want yeah. more men taking responsibility and take on take on leadership roles we mm-hmm. want that like again i every single woman who's in church i talked to they says the same thing but right. you know when i talk about like maybe there's something about church that needs to change you know um to to bring sort of like appeal to sort of the more masculine um uh frame um where is a, a order logic and and aspiration and 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 those kind of things they start to get a little bit nervous because they're like well if you bring those elements in then that's going to lead to more you know toxic masculinity it's 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 going to lead to you know a
1: distorting of who jesus is because they're that's something that they they tend to get afraid of and so we have um, that to look at uh inside inside a very patriarchal church and that's what And they're going i don't want that either so we want men here but we don't want to turn to that so there is a real and valid yeah they should be afraid of that because they have a lot of
0: examples of it going that way but also like you brought in nathan the the um masculine feminine with the parenting because you know the you know we do know again like there the very specific things the brain chemistry of mothers and fathers do where the mothers bond specifically with the children when they're holding them and Father's bond specifically when they're wrestling with them. And what I realized is I was like, to me, and I'm i maybe going off of my deep end here because I've not heard any theologian say this. So any theologian, well, oh, correct me it. if I'm wrong, you know, <laughs> but and I know you will, but um, I think of sort of the you know, mother holding the child as justification, and I think of the father wrestling as sanctification because mm. what the wrestling teaches is how to push against and grow stronger in a safe way um, yeah. within the father's care um, where, and it's not a coincidence that, you know, he, God names Israel, his people wrestles with God. Um, and so we do need both of those things. Um, and I guess, and if one of the things, but again, it's also something you talk about, okay, men need an aspiration. We also need the church to show some credibility that like, yes, if I follow your plan, that I'll actually get there. There's a, a, a movie that just came out earlier this year. It's about big George Foreman. It was actually it was a probably actually a decent faith-based sports movie. Um one of the things that's interesting in there is he I know shocking for me um but uh one of the things they showed in there is that there's a gym he wants to go to um that Edward he, he wants to become of uh, a, a boxer but he's not sure about this gym if it's the right place for him to be and then he sees an athlete he admires you know in the gym and they're like why he's like why is he here? It's like oh this is where he trained and he learned to be a great boxer and then he's like okay well this is the gym for me then and so mm. i guess it, before we wrap up one of the things i kind of would uh, like to kind of get see if you have can have a vision of I get you, i'll i say this first i want to compliment you because one of the videos of you i watched that i thought was really good was you talked about stoicism and like where men yeah. go wrong with stoicism and i thought this was like one of the perfect advice shorts that it got where it's like look stoicism can be good But one of the things you're doing wrong about stoicism is that you're not controlling your fear of emotions. Like stoicism about control is about controlling your emotions, and the way you're doing stoicism wrong is you actually haven't let go of your fear of your own emotions when you're doing that. And that's like one of those things like that's going to appeal so much to men of like you making sense of what they're doing wrong about it and how they can a specific way they can get better. So if you could perhaps vision cast for us, you know both like how does this you know, work to make sure that the masculine is being incorporated without it harming the feminine. And then how we actually do incorporate in practical ways, those masculine rituals in a way that's healthy, um, for church, um, again, is not going to be harming the feminine. That is also really important.
2: Oh man. Um, so you, as I approach this, you know, I am not, I don't feel like I'm even at a position to say like the Sunday morning services need to, here's a new model for that. Sure.
0: yeah, I'm talking <laughs>
2: specifically like what men need to change the way we get together. And, mm. and, and the men's groups can actually spark the change that we need. Mm. And so it means we're meeting in a certain framework where the women aren't involved. And but, so what, so the men can get together and we can let whatever needs to fly, fly, sparks will fly. And that's, that's a quality. Bring that In massive energy and edge within a frame. Now, I don't think that there are. I don't. I don't know of many men who are familiar with this kind of work, and I, it's like broadly called like just men's work or energy work. Um, so, so I don't know how many churches are ready to do this, but. Um, Cause there are little, there are exercises you can do. There are, um, if, if there are any, they're listening to this podcast, probably. So go ahead. Okay. Suggest yeah. It. <laughs> and and so, you know, I'll just share like a little bit of my experience of, cause I've been in, um, a brotherhood. I do well, think then. that's part of it too. It's, it's, it is the archetypes are all awesome in our, our, people that we want to embody and kind of run towards this great, but we also crave that brotherhood. Yeah. Um, and that's the framework that I've operated in and I've seen men's ch- men change. Now the unique about my situation is this is not a I'd say it's spiritual, but it's not Christian. And so right. um it's secular in that sense. Like anyone can come with whatever faith they have. Gotcha. Yeah. My art is to be like, I, I know the men in the church are needing results and wanting this. So I'm doing my best to kind of usher in some people who are not familiar with this world, um, into you know, just this framework. And so you know we do um you know different structures we do like kind of dyadic uh, conversations with each other we can do father shares um we will if there's if we can meet physically we can do things physically to kind of engage body get out of our heads a little bit and just connect to what that energy inside of our body actually feels like and then when mm-hmm. that's resonating it just it just i just see it bring life to people i see mm-hmm. them connect to more of who they feel like they really are mm-hmm. and um and when they show up for their woman the woman's like whoa <laughs> who just walked in the door because you're just you're just this energy is coming out of you. and i as i got into a lot of this work i'm like all of this lines up with scripture nothing Wait. about this is not biblical in any kind of sense um and especially as i, I went a little bit more into just kind of history of church in different communities like did did like there was a, a kind of a breath work that early um mystics that did and so really? there's just all these things that i'm just thinking like i i, I want to see men connect in a tribe oh, and yeah. commit to a tribe for minimum three months you know really? a lot of times what i see is uh guys are like ah this isn't quite working out for me i'm out of here yeah. and that's usually the moment of like step up more like yeah, you, yeah. if there's something missing, that means that's your opportunity to come and bring it. Right. That's your, that's your opportunity to voice what's wrong, and that that is kind of the masculine energy that that yeah. we pull cool, of. Like, speak up if something's broken, fix it. And yeah. that's what we need. If something and and even like expressing anger, things like that. There's a there's a utility to anger, that is like if something, um, something there's a barrier to something that you feel is true and true is good. You know, going back to like the knight or the warrior. Like that needs to be struck down because we're serving a greater good. I love that. I think
1: you know if you look at, um, the, oftentimes the complaints that that I hear, it's like uh, my husband, my son, my my partner doesn't want to come to church. What they'd rather do is they even if they do, they're itching to get home and either play video games or watch sports, both <laughs> of which are simulated war. And I'm, and war is bad. Everybody, I'm <laughs> I'm. I'm <laughs> yes. war, thank yeah. You. Yeah. Being for so- believe in and love um even in in a, in a in a small sense like on a video game or on a football field is meaningful and that's something that ignites the excitement and passion of men so i love Jesse, what you're saying is get men into a situation in which they can interact with spiritual things in this in this way um in the in the same kind of way that football and video games offer them that excitement even in a small way um, allow yeah. them to, like you said, sparks fly, let sparks fly. And it's a really beautiful thing. And one of the ways I'm just going to say this real quickly, practically, I think, I think yeah. we can happen within the church in a way that's not going to be, um, really? it's not going to veer us to, to a patriarchal oppression, um, or, or, or whatever it might be, whatever the fear might be is, um, what, what I've really learned in, uh, and being married, I'll say this and being yeah. married, I'm just in the past few years. Oh, wow. We've been married. For more than a few years, geez, I'm getting old. The pandemic is like <laughs> yeah. the pandemic doesn't count. Nobody <laughs> aged during the pandemic. <laughs> year and a half, but, but, but um but what I love is mutual celebration. That's something that we that we wait. really tried to foster and learn. It's it's my wife, Keelia, is totally different than me. She has different desires, different needs, different <laughs> wants, different personality, different gifts, and I'm totally different than her. And I think a lot of times be it in a church situation, be it in a, in a marital situation, we think everybody should be like us. But yeah. if you have this mutual celebration of each other and the uniqueness that exists in the other, I think yeah. it's a beautiful thing that can actually foster togetherness and wholeness. And that's what I love to see happen in the church is I love that, that you are an emotional person who connects with this worship. Um, that is beautiful. I I don't connect in that. But I, but also it's not going to be healthy if I'm shamed for connecting to it intellectually or desiring something this way. I, you know, I might connect like this is something I've experienced. I connect to God intellectually. I, I yeah. worship as I learn more about him and reality yeah. and psychology and theology and philosophy. Those are the things where I connect in a worshipful sense, um, to God. And I used to feel bad about that. But when I, when I am with Kelia, she loves that about me and she connects to yeah. God in a different way. And we both mutually celebrate that. To see that happen in church, to mutually celebrate the ways that we're different and the ways right. that our connection to God and spirituality are acted out differently. I think what you'll see um, is a lot more men at least begin to feel welcome. But I also want to say, Jesse, you you pointed out, um, there is this is not just, hey, uh, women in the church, you need to change it, make it fit for us. Guys, step up. Yeah. You know, this is too, you know, uh be a presence, be committed, even if yeah. it doesn't fit exactly. Do what you want, go and try. Be a person of agency that changes things for the better, and then yep. that's a um, something I would but, also give to the guys. Is this is a a work for everyone yep. to fight everyone so they can feel healthy within the spiritual communities that we have. Yeah, yep. absolutely.
0: That's really cool. No, that's that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. No, I think your your suggestion of I mean two things that you suggested that are really um, that I think are really great, and then you can have the last word before we go to blessings and curses is. You said something very practical, which is, again, which very masculine of you, very practice is, is, um, is that the first step is not to say, hey, we need to change, like, main church. It's like, that's yeah. the first, like, whatever, that's not a battle that that needs, that should be fought right now, because we're doing baby steps. Like, the first thing is, men, when they're alone together, giving space for men to be alone together to do things in the way that is most comfortable for them in their brotherhood, and Leon o- Odle's talks about this in his books is like that men going off by themselves and having a space where they can just be in a masculine frame makes yeah. them more comfortable in other places, letting go of that and being like, okay, I can accommodate this other frame and I can be in this other because I have this other space to express it. And so men leaning into that, uh, having a space, that's a men's group and men's groups leaning into being more of a space like that is a great first step. And i We'll we'll at the end of the show we'll, you know, show okay, if you want some of that, um go to Elemental Man and, and some of that that's uh he's doing. But then also saying that, you know, men, this can be a dragon to conquer and a, a hill to die. It's like let's make church, which is important, a place for men. Don't say it because it's not for me, I'm gonna then leave and kind of bow out. Say no, this is a place speak and say things that are maybe uncomfortable that are going to make people uncomfortable and that maybe things need to change and that's okay that's a space you could occupy as a man that's a wonderful do- thing followed up with work and followed up with putting the work in while again the appreciation of appreciating how women are different don't try to make them change then and do what's being done to you having that so think yeah, that's
1: all a beautiful thing so what would you say to wrap us up before we move on to blesses and curses uh jesse you- the guy i want you to speak to a particular person because i know there's some listening speak to the guy who does love faith somewhere deep in his heart who um who wants to have a connection with god and and genuinely even maybe even wants to go to church but hasn't or is scared or is hurt um but still is like i, I want to go back but i'm 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 i don't know i am a, a little anxious about it speak to that guy
2: okay. uh I want to honor that truth that that is in your spirit. that is that is a calling for you And you may not have found the people who will help you cultivate that calling in that spirit. I would say keep seeking. be daring enough to look outside of the last maybe 150 years of Western Christianity um, and know that there there is a part there there is a place for you to refine that rough you know I call it the elemental man for a reason I I don't mean to like brand it but like there are these there are these fundamental like elements of who we are. And this was a moment like, of a low point in my life where I, I was just reduced. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to make sense of anything, but I just felt like these minerals, these elements. And from there, what is it that I actually believe? What is it do I actually want? And you can learn to bit by bit, just refine that, mold that with the right people around you but it cannot happen alone. You have to have connection and community and guidance. And I think if I, if I kind of get to the heart of what I feel has been missing, missing in my life since I was a kid for so much is like real discipleship, real like mm-hmm. presence of discipleship, presence with that masculine man who I'm just like, wow, I want to be like him. Teach me how to be like you. And so when I'm in my groups, there are men that I admire. And Please. a lot of times when I'd go to these church groups, honestly, I didn't admire them. Um, yeah. I didn't really feel I'm inspired by them. So I do see a shift happening um, in our world. And so keep exploring and find that tribe that's going to challenge you, is going to love you and support you and help you to become what you, that, that feeling that you feel to bring it about because that's God's calling on you. And we all need that. The world needs. Amen. Amen.
0: Well said. All right. Um, cool. Well, now we're going to move on to our blesses and curses uh, section of the week where we take a work of art, media, or resource and recommend it, i.e. bless it or diss it, i.e. curse it. You get to do your own little diss track here. Um, uh, so um, we always give our, uh, our our guests an opportunity to uh join us in that not required some people are too too nice uh, to uh to um have a lot of feminine energy don't want to like you know may necessarily curse <laughs> things uh, so uh, Honor. But, but uh but uh we always give them the option uh regardless so uh do you want us to uh, to go well, first let see do- yeah let us see you go see how I we go okay i did it correctly or not cool 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 sounds
1: sounds good um nathan do you have yours already I do. I, I mostly do. So I, I'm going to... This is really funny because I have a little backstory to it. Um, I'm both... Actually, funnily enough, I've talked about this ad nauseum with both Joseph and Jesse, so they're probably going to be tired of hearing this. <laughs> the the video game Red Dead Redemption. Mm. And why? Um, Red Dead Redemption is a game that you can spend literally years playing. It, if you, so it, it is an <laughs> open world about an outlaw who is trying to seek redemption, who, who yeah. is trying to become a better person, who, who is... Investigating his life and wanting to become good, and um, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, it's an epic; it, it takes place uh, all over uh, the turn of the century and nineteenth uh, century Western America. It's really just as far as quality. I mean, the voice acting, the the, um, yeah. the 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 art, the music. It's a work of art. Work of art. But one of the things I've seen um, is how many it's one of the most it's one of the best-selling pieces of art not games pieces of art like in history um and it's almost entirely this is very rare almost entirely purchased and played by young men and uh and not so young men like myself (laughs) (laughs) i'm a i'm a young man till 59 is what i tell myself so uh, (laughs) i knew this i'll buy that but that's a really interesting um phenomenon to happen that something so um uh, so powerfully connected in such a large yeah. uh, and connective way with, with this particular kind of demographic yeah. usually it's like 60 40
0: 70 30 and like in in really successful pieces of art so for the fact that it's like almost entirely
1: young men is a big deal when well, the thing is it wasn't even particularly one particular race one particular religion yeah. right it connected to the heart of men. Every kind of, quote, man from every different background played this game and every different age played this game. So there's something within this game that really connects to the heart of man. And what I think, what I would argue it is what we talked about earlier is at the beginning of the game, you start out this outlaw. It's called Red Dead Redemption. And this man is fighting to become the best version of himself. And by the way, guys, uh, this is about the most, quote, you know, traditionally masculine Picture of a man, Arthur Morgan, you can possibly imagine. Um, Yeah, rough. He talks like this, and you know he shoots guns and hunts. And there's also moments where he cries, and where sits on a bench and talks to a nun about his fear. And it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, But it shows a holistic picture of a man, and also gives you this image of what men truly desire, even in a microcosm of their life. That they desire to take this journey to become who they were made to be. Yeah. And so that's why I want to bless this game. And it's it's also funny thinking about this game has affected more men on a deeper level than currently modern churches. Yeah. And that's something we're scared of. And, and it seems that something is something we're ignoring. I, I I wrote a book a while ago called Um, and, and I hope to release it one of these days, but it's it's um it's called The Gospel According to Video Games. And it, it's it's exploring what it is about video games that connects, that has connected in such a strong way, what it has to do with spirituality and God and creation and exploration and story and all these different things. And I've never seen a book so roundly rejected by publishers because it does not fit the aesthetic of Christianity that we have created. Yeah. And and so I was really surprised at that. Uh, And especially when you consider that video games make more money than um, music and books combined. Yeah, but there is something, and we're totally ignoring it. But for some reason, this video game, Red Dead Redemption, has connected in, to men in a way that the church is not. And so it's something that I think we should explore. But I I just love this game. I keep on replaying it. I'm not a replayer. I don't reread books. Yeah. I don't watch movies. And I keep on replaying this game because there's something in it that connects to me and my experience and what I want to experience, even in a small story. So God bless Red Dead Redemption. Um, I feel yeah. like another blessed, Um. It was a book, um, but I can't remember right now. You know, you have these, these classic books like, um, uh, uh, um, oh, shoot. Oh, it's written by a friend and I should know this, but. Oh, <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. uh-oh, uh-oh. Had his kid on the podcast. Um, oh, uh- talked uh- John-, oh, no. John Eldridge. Yeah. Read John Eldridge's book. yo, know, F- Fathered by God, or is it? Oh, no, or- no. That. Wild at Heart.
1: Uh, Wild at Heart. And, there you go. um. These books are, are classic and they, they they were here for a hot minute and they disappeared, but it did talk about things. And I remember reading to can be like, yeah, I want adventure. I, I I watch movies and he talked about the connection with me. Why men like movies about yeah. um adventurers? And and so I think you know those might be a fun place to start. Um, just beginning to see the connection um of your faith and, and your manhood. Um, but I'm I'm gonna curse and I'm not gonna name names, so don't go look this up, but it's a book. Um, This is a funny one to curse on this. Um, And I haven't read it much. I I just read bits and
0: pieces.
1: (laughs) Just let me tell you that. That was enough. Um, So um, just because I'm interested in in this kind of whole topic. Um, But it's called The Manliness of Christ. And the subtitle is (laughs) How the Masculinity of Jesus Eradicates Effeminate Christianity. And um, (laughs) this is what... uh, um, (laughs) Sorry, uh, this is crazy, um, yeah. and it's so totally um, uh, untheologically secure. I mean, you read some of the stuff from here; it is based on insecurity, and yeah. uh, and, and, and there's so many words I want to use, but I will not uh, to be kind. Um, but it's not logically coherent, and it's based on a lot of insecurity of um, needing Jesus to look exactly like me. And so, what this yeah. illustrates perfectly that we talked about earlier is this idea that um, this person's response, this man's response to what's going on in the church and we we identified that mostly women are going, it might be oriented around uh, women's sensibilities. Okay, that's fine. His answer is to eradicate women and just make it <laughs> men. And I don't think that's a healthy response either. <laughs> yeah. All that needs to happen. We talked about that. But I think that's just as perhaps more unhealthy um, than uh, when when the answer becomes worse than the, uh, when the cure becomes there worse than is- the disease. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, oh man, and that's not the and I see a lot of men gravitating towards this kind of yeah. Christianity who have who have maybe complaints of not feeling welcome in the church. And yeah. I feel like books like this and places um like this lead to extremist thinking, lead to yeah. unhealthy and lead to actual quote toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um not healthy I- and full understanding of masculinity that is as G as God created it a, a marriage, a connection and a working mm-hmm. with the feminine, which I think is beautiful. So I, this kind of stuff is not it. Yeah, um, yeah. we understand your problems. Like Jesse said, what we, we honor this because we've experienced it too, but this is not the direction to fix yeah. this. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I got to curse the, the five or six, uh, snippets I read. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh. no, we all know that kind of,
0: the, I, I like how you put that the, um, anything that's trying to eradicate half of the image of god from <laughs> christianity is a that's problem awesome. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so uh cool well i am going to i have a, i have a few that you know, I I want to rattle off as resources i won't take too long on them just cuz you know i i have a few but you know there are books like if you are like really interested as me i was if you're a, a guy or if you're a girl you know who is, is like this was a key to unlock something of like a way of thinking about this that's helpful. Like there are some books you can recommend I, I brought up earlier. Like there's, you know, a short book that's really readable, Why Men Hate Going to Church, that talks about some of these dynamics. The um, stuff that Leon Podol's, uh that's a more one more, more historical scholarly works on some of these. Leon Podol's works like Church Impotent and a Losing the Good Portion talks about these things at length. Um, there's a new book that's really good out I really hate the title, but like, you know, it's a, it's a really good book, but it's, it's, um, uh, the toxic war on masculinity. Um, but it's, it's a book that's about Nancy Percy who wrote, um, love thy body. And she talked about as somebody who was abused by her Christian father and is trying to find the, a healthy masculinity. That's still masculinity. Um, uh, her journey in finding that, looking at history, how these different scripts of like toxic masculinity, but a healthy Christian masculinity diverged and how, how the fact that men who actually do consistently go to church, you know, are that seem like the, are the healthiest men statistically, but men who go to church inconsistently are the mo- most unhealthy men. So like the, this kind of, her kind of wrestling with that for, as a woman, but like trying to find that and doing a good job of finding that um, from a historical perspective and a statistical perspective and a spiritual perspective, Christian perspective, where that good Christian man, masculine man is. I think it's one of the best that I've seen on the topic, so I recommend that. Also, like for movies on this, like one of the best I've seen that has like a picture of sort of masculine Christianity that's still Christianity and not just masculinity. Uh, is Father Stu? We've talked about this on the podcast. It's Mark Wahlberg portraying a real life Catholic priest who who's he's a rough and tumble guy who's not into Christianity, and then he becomes a uh,
1: Christians, just so you know, there are a few... There's a lot of bad words. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. It's an R-rated film, but they did come out with a PG-13 version that was Father <laughs> Stewart-born that has all the F-words taken out, so, like, you can... um But, it's then he becomes a Christian, but he still is extremely kind of, you know, uh, a masculine, but still in a positive way. And so, for people who are looking for that, men who are looking for that, or women who are looking for that, that's a good movie in that regard. For Curses, you know, I have... <sighs> There's a lot of, in in the Christian film industry, there is this, a lot of, you know, it's not a a coincidence that most Christian movies appeal mostly to women, even when they have male protagonists. And a lot of that, you can kind of see these narratives of, even if it's male protagonists, it's typically men who have to, to some degree, it feels like to men oftentimes give up their masculinity in order to be good Christians. Right. Um, and, and you see, it's like, you know, I, I'm going to call out cause I'm a film critic and I've already bashed these movies. I will call, I can call out specifically movies like American underdog and movies like, um, and movies like, uh, what was, uh, life Mark where I've actually had conversations, you know, with life Mark where I say like, look, the expectation that you're placing upon the son, the male character in this to not get angry about this situation. And that's what makes him a good Christian. Um is going to be very toxic for your sons to to feel like this is what they have to be. And what was so funny is that i when I wrote put that out there, all the Christian moms came out and said how wrong I was. And yeah. all the Christian sons came out and and messaged me privately to thank me for writing that review and yeah. saying like i'm 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 buckling under the weight of this expectation of what a good Christian boy has to be like and so i think that there are christian movies that give a wrong picture of what it looks like to be a good christian man um that that is harmful uh that boys are struggling with um so on the flip side of it i'm going to curse the, the there's a trend of 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 sort of atheist movies in the early 2000s like year 1 and the invention of lying <laughs> that uh, um basically were like saying you know cr- religion is stupid because it's too emotional because it doesn't let us you know swear or drink or objectify women and this is kind of the thing where it's like okay the reason you don't like christianity is because you're misogynists like it's not giving you room to be math to be toxically masculine i think that there's a lot of the new atheist movement it's like you as you called out like there's a there's a group of men that the reason they don't like christianity is because they're actually kind of sexist Like that they're, that they, that they don't like the femininity and they don't want to integrate that in a healthy way into themselves. And, and I think that, you know, for those men who maybe need to be called out a little bit, that like the, that the, the integrating of these things is actually a healthy thing to do. So that's, I'm going to curse those, um, movies that kind of represent that side of it, that I think needs to be called out as well. All right. So, uh, Mr. Elemental Man, Mr. Uh. Uh, uh, Mr. Would you um, give a? Now that you've seen how we stumbled through ours, yeah.
2: Yes. Um. I so I got. I guess a couple blessings because you inspired one other thought of a film. But um, I'm gonna. I've been really inspired by the samurai lately, and um, I've read a few books, and this is what I'm gonna share. Mm. And um, I think this is this is one of those things. that's like really valuable. You can see. Um, a, the warrior class of men wow. who are disciplined and committed to something bigger than themselves. Yeah. And they exercise certain disciplines. Now, the reason why I, I've fallen in love with the samurai is because there's a juxtaposition, obviously with our Western culture. Yeah. The samurai would literally, part of their training, obviously they did great physical training and things like that, but was also writing poetry is also meditation observing nature how how nature works as in to inform their own wisdom and their philosophy so i just think there's there's this whole generation this is like hundreds of years of samurai you know iterations to look at what really badass masculine guys can be like that may not be that exact same you know framework we're used to seeing and it's really exciting especially to those who might be inclined more artistically um and I don't know, maybe maybe you can recommend a few uh, samurai flicks that, because <laughs> there are some good ones out there. Um, I, uh, as you guys were talking, another one too that came to mind was because uh, I was Hacksaw Ridge, and yes, uh, that's an amazing movie of a man who was principled and and still like saved lives yeah. and impacted things, and this is based on a true story, obviously. Yeah. So. It's incredible. Um, highly recommend it. Very violent, but in it's war. So, um,
1: well, such yeah. a good
2: recommend. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then I see curses. I don't have like a really great hot take, unfortunately. Um, I, I did go to this, maybe two quick ones. I went to this, it was a Monday night gathering, community gathering, a lot of filmmakers in LA. I'm not going to name it. And, and I left early and it was. In a, it's supposed to be for men it was co-ed this last week and it was again like i could just feel the energy and like people are looking for connection but we're just doing the same church hey let's sit down have a mini concert and a ted talk and we're off and it's like this is not this is not creating connection um this is not what we're after so i'm kind of a little bit of diss of just like hey, if you're doing like a weekly non-sunday thing maybe just rethink the structure does it have to look like a mini version of church um, Amen. yeah and the other two is just like yeah a lot of the content that's out there online just you know it, it is it's very um limited it's very uh fear-based i think you said very uh correctly nathan it's um but i do want to shed a little light because the most of the men that i've seen come in my sphere who are looking to work on themselves tend to be on the opposite side of the spectrum they're kind of suffering from the nice guy syndrome and they need a little more edge yeah what we're saying but what i'm trying to do and i think you guys are too is like let's hold out like maybe a better image what they can aspire to than these other guys telling you you know to just like manipulate uh, insecure women um you know get them in the kitchen whatever whatever else there are it's like they, there's a, there's a cultivation of that masculinity that a lot of people are, are not engaging in. We want to kind of lead them towards something that looks a little more like Christ and a little less like whatever else this other version is. Yeah. Amen. I absolutely agree. I think there's, uh, unhealthy extremes that are
1: kind of everywhere. And I think people are drifting towards extremes. Yeah. Um, again, I keep on coming back to this thing. There's God is a God of, um, very particular balanced design. Yep. And if we're not willing to do what it takes to find that extreme, it's easy. Um, but it, but finding that balanced, beautiful design is difficult, but it's also wonderful and worthy work. And that's what we're seeing happening yeah. culture. People are drifting towards these extremes. We want to see that balanced, beautiful design happen within the hearts of man and within the church. Yeah, yep well, one. And, and, you know, honestly, like, and again,
0: uh, one of the places if people want to go to to find like more guidance in that area, more practical guidance i can't think of very many uh better places than uh what you're doing at the elemental man so if people want to uh engage more with your content and what you do and explore that
2: uh where's the best place they can go for that uh i'm on instagram at uh, the elemental man uh the website's elemental men's work uh, so you can get in contact with me directly there uh, or just my facebook which is my name jesse dvorak and, and also yes Cass- you-
1: have been doing a podcast for a while too and that's oh,
2: thank you yeah yeah I, I started doing the podcast for a couple of weeks and um those are a little bit different they're not longer conversations they're like 10 minute episodes i mean basically just uh doing the uh an audio presentation of things i've been writing amazing yeah, check
1: on spotify the elemental man this is you know for guys who like daily rituals and practices that will strengthen you little by little every day this is the podcast to check out um again i as well as joseph can recommend uh, what Jesse is doing at the elemental man more. If you are a guy who listened and resonated with this podcast, so please check it out. Um, if you want to get in touch with the overthinkers and engage more with our content, please head over to the private group on Facebook, the overthinkers. We'd love to have you there and also head over to the overthinkersjournal.com where you can write us your feedback, what we got right, what we got wrong in this episode. If you want to connect with me, uh, you can go to my website, uh NathanClarkson.me or search my name on any of the socials. And also I have written a couple books on this very oh. subject of men and masculinity and healthy masculinity and toxic masculinity and who we were as men created to be. Um, I would love to check that out. Um, uh, check those books out there on Amazon there anywhere books are sold. Um, but there, one is called good man, which is kind of my journey. And then one is called the way of Kings, which is a, a daily 40 day, um, right. set of practices that, uh, kind of guide you towards that image, um, that we're all trying to look for. Um, that's, that's realized in the person of Christ. Uh, so check out a uh, good man and wave Kings and Joseph, if people want to get in touch with you. If you want to get in touch with me, you can just
0: look me up at my website, com. I'm also on any of the socials. Just search my name. And of course I have a regular, uh, column of film and culture criticism at uh, religionunplugged.com dot So definitely check it out. If you enjoyed, uh, hearing my overthoughts, uh, and highly opinionated opinions, um, on movies and such. So, um, uh, and yeah, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, Jesse, for joining us. And thank you, so much. Uh, yeah. listeners, for joining us. Yeah, no. And remember, as always, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.